The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Welcome to another edition of Leadership Matters, a show that aims to support the leadership development of current and future public and nonprofit leaders. Each episode is designed to inform leaders and inspire solutions. I'm Tom Wall, and I'll serve as moderator of our discussion today. I work with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and for the Strategic Change Initiative. We work together to help organizations to strengthen and transform themselves to help them prepare for a successful future. With me today as our guest panelist is my good friend, Andre Howard. Andre, would you please introduce yourself to our listening audience? Sure, Tom. Thanks. Again, Andre Howard with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities. I'm the VP of the Center on Leadership located here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and glad to be part of the show this afternoon. Excellent. Today, Andre and I are proud to have with us three special guests. The first is Sarah Proctor, CFO at ACH Child and Family Services. The second is Eric Giovanni, Chief Business Officer at Cornerstones of Care. And the third is Dominique Bernardo, CFO at Congreso. Sarah, would you please introduce yourself? I'm Sarah Proctor. I've been the CFO at ACH for about 10 years. We're located in the North Texas area. Outstanding. And Eric, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Eric Giovanni. I'm the Chief Business Officer at Cornerstones of Care in Kansas City, Missouri. We're a community benefit organization that provides behavioral health, child welfare, special education, and, and other services to children and families in the Midwest. And I'm happy to be on the program. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you as well. And Dominique, please introduce yourself. Hello, all. My name is Dominique Bernardo. I'm the Chief Financial Officer and actually currently the Interim Chief Executive Officer at Congreso de Latinos Unidos in Philadelphia. Uh, We are a multi-service organization that works to strengthen Latino communities, and I'm really pleased to be here today. Thank you for having me. Good to have you, all three of you. Thanks so much for joining us. I wonder if each of you could take a moment and talk with us about your role within your organization. Could you share with us what each of you actually do within your respective organizations? Sarah, could we start with you? Sure. Uh, I'm responsible for the usual finance and accounting functions for our organization. Um, In addition to that, I supervise the operations of a social business venture. We have the Bell Tower Chapel and Garden that is a wedding venue business that supports our organization also. So I'm involved in, um, in guiding that business operation as well. Outstanding. Eric, could you answer the question? Could you share with us uh, some of what you do within your respective organization? Sure. I provide executive oversight to our finance and accounting team. 
I oversee our outsourced information technology partnership and work with other members of our executive team on various strategic initiatives across the organization. Beautiful. And Dominique, please. Sure. So, um, Congresso is a complex $25 million organization with multiple entities, including a K-8 charter school. And so, while I have been in various leadership positions for 15 years in the organization, in my current CFO role, I direct the agency strategy in using and managing its financial resources. So, on a daily basis, that means supervising the agency controller who supervises the fiscal department, monitoring cash flow, approving checks, dealing with contractual budget issues. On a broader level, it means developing systems and ways for the agency to be more proactive in managing its financial resources and less reactive. I also monitor the entities from a compliance perspective for debt covenants, tax issues, etc., and then finally, there's the fun stuff, which is relationship building with the bank, the lenders, the vendors, donors, and, of course, our board of directors. Outstanding. Very, very good. Thanks to all three of you. As we look at the trends in the field of human services over the last five years, one trend that has really emerged prominently and consistently is the increasing importance of the CFO and CBO positions within human service organizations. I'd like to ask each of you to comment on why you believe the CFO and CBO roles have been increasing in their importance to human service organizations. Sarah? I think we face greater regulation and scrutiny all the time and that there's an um, increasing complexity in, in our organization and the others that I um, have opportunity to interact with. And there's always, uh, there's always the challenge of tough competition for resources. But I think what makes the, the role more important all the time is that there's, there are very few places in the org chart where uh, you have the opportunity to see all the working parts, all the different operations and facets of operations in the organization. And it's crucial to be able to uh, understand what's going on in all those facets so that we can look for ways to how one part affects another and how to leverage resources to make things operate more efficiently or effectively. Very good. Very good. Eric, your thoughts? Oh, increasingly, I, I see CFOs and human service organizations being asked to be more than just producers of financial statements. They're, we're asked to be true business partners to the CEO, to the board of directors, to to other executives in the organization to help shape strategy and vision, to think about what's going on in the landscape generally so that we're prepared to respond to any opportunities that emerge. Really much more focus on projections, prospective analysis, for instance, thinking about the financial impact of a new partnership opportunity rather than focusing so much on, on uh, financial data that's already in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Very good. Dominique? I would agree with all that, and I would also add that on a day-to-day basis, it's critical that the CFO uh, be on the front end of program planning and new project development, really to ensure that the work is sustainable, that the budget makes sense, and that there's a forward-thinking mentality in that planning. Uh, More broadly, the tightening of public funds, and in particular, the 
the state budget impasse that we saw here in Pennsylvania last year really requires nonprofits to function with a significant degree of business sense in order to remain viable. Um, finally, I would say that donors are looking for transparency and the highest return for their investment, and that usually starts with the stewardship of the budget, which is developed and monitored by our CFO role. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> Very insightful, Dominique, and all of you. Thank you so much for the, the answers to that question. Many have suggested that leaders lead by the perspectives that they bring to the table and by the perspectives that they gather from others. Now, clearly, in your answers to the first two questions, you have been sharing some perspectives that you bring to the table. But what unique perspectives do you believe that you're expected to bring to the table in your respective positions within your organization? Sarah, could you lead us off again? Sure. I I think there's two primary perspectives that are critical for me to bring and to bring them in balance. So the, the obvious easy one is stewardship. That That's easy for us all to identify that we have a role to play in making sure we're good stewards in our organizations of, of all the resources. But the the other one that I think is is vitally important in my role is to be a facilitator. So uh, it, that balances facilitation and making sure that all of our decisions help to uh, balance stewardship with facilitating the delivery of quality services to as many people as possible. So if I'm doing my job well, then the result should be that the staff who are delivering services will have what they need when they need it in order to meet the needs of, of the folks in our community. Outstanding. Very good. Eric? I, I started at, at Cornerstones 14 years ago as a, as a therapist in one of our residential treatment programs. I was, I was right out of social work school and worked for a number of years in, in program and service roles prior to transitioning to the role I'm in now. And I think others expect of me to be a translator, to be that facilitator that that Sarah just, just referenced, to be a kind of a bridge between the work we do and want to do with children and families and, and those on our team who ensure we have the, the resources to do that. And, and I think my, my previous roles helped me, uh, helped me in that role as a, as a translator between the, the two parts of the organization. Fantastic. Dominique, your thoughts? So I love this question. My story is somewhat similar to Eric. So I'm a CPA turned licensed social worker turned CFO. Um, (laughs) And when I was in public accounting, I recognized the need that existed in nonprofits for good, strong managers with financial know-how. So I went back to school not only for an MBA, but also a master's in social work and, and then got experience in the direct services part of the work. So when I'm faced with a decision or hear about a new initiative, I'm not only asking the question, what about the fiscal implications, but also I'm asking, what about the program implications? What does this mean for our staff and what does this mean for our clients? And it's really critical for program staff to understand fiscal limitations, and I think any CFO of any nonprofit would say that, but it's also equally important for fiscal staff to go out and visit programs and understand the challenges that program staff staff face on a daily basis. So I like to say that I bring a business mind with a social worker heart to the job. Fantastic. Great first segment. We have to take a short break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. If you are an investor in gold or mining, or if you are thinking of investing, you won't want to miss the Mining Stock Report with Christopher Haugen. When investing in precious metals or mining, there are risks, as with any investment, but there stands to be some great rewards if you know what to look for. That's where we come in with mining experts, CEOs, geologists, and more. The Mining Stock Report airs every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are, you need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Phil Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard, and our special guest today are Eric Giovanni, CBO at Cornerstones of Care, Dominique Bernardo, CFO at Congresso, and Sarah Proctor, CFO at ACH Child and Family Services. Before the break, we were talking about the emerging importance of CFO and CBO roles in the human services field. I wonder if each of you uh, would spend a few moments talking about what you perceive as the unique challenges that anyone who holds a CFO or CBO role in a human service organization in these times of great change, what are the unique uh, challenges that you're facing? Eric? I think one of the unique challenges, uh, given all the change in our, in our industry, is really to understand and help the organization navigate the, the complexities around us. Um, you know, on the revenue side, we see changes in, in how our organizations are funded, uh, privatization of what were previously state-held functions, uh, movement to managed care organizations, pay for performance and value-based pricing models, just a number of changes in, in how, we're, how we're reimbursed to deliver the services we provide to children and families. 
increasing program shifts, uh, more and more movement from campus-based services to community-based services, and, and all of that creates opportunities for the organization, certainly, but also can put pressure on the organization. And I think our challenge is to understand all of those changes, to be able to articulate them to the rest of the organization in a way that makes sense, and um, to do that in a way that reassures the rest of the organization that we can do it, that we can navigate these changes and, and come out the other end okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Dominique? I would say that balance is the biggest challenge, and by that I mean mission versus margin. Uh, we, can't have, we cannot have a portfolio of programs that only meet our mission but are not sustainable financially, so we need to be monitoring and strategizing with both leadership and program staff to ensure the right balance that both works towards the mission but also ensures the financial viability for the organization. You know, at the same time, particularly in Philadelphia, the poverty rate is significant, the number of clients seeking safety net services is increasing, and we're limited in what we can sustain. So it's an ongoing challenge. But I also want to flip the question and comment on the challenge that human services face in ensuring that they have the right talent in their CFO role as well as other leadership positions. I'm part of a national work group exploring this topic through the Leap of Reason Ambassador community, and the reality is that there's a talent deficit in the C-suites, you know, including the CFO role across the country in the nonprofit sector, and mm-hmm. ensuring that qualified CFOs are in place is key to ensuring human service organizations are high-performing which is, you know, about financial healthiness. Outstanding. Couldn't agree with you more. Sarah, your thoughts? I I agree with uh, both Eric and Dominique. Uh, The pace of change is um, just amazing, and there's ever-increasing complexity to deal with in so many different areas, whether that's uh, program outcomes and financial compliance or the Affordable Care Act, or there's just many, many examples of increasing complexity, and the CFO has to deal to some degree with all of those areas. Uh, I think just keeping up um, with the the pace of change and the complexity is a challenge, and and not only in in my own role, but in finding staff that are also capable of. Uh, being comfortable with that pace of change and and up to the challenge of the complexity. I think if if uh, I talked with a CFO who told me that his or her job was just routine, I would kind of scratch my head and wonder if that agency might be in trouble because it's just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that's the world we live in anymore. Absolutely. Again, I agree with you completely. I'm sure that each of you in your own way has wrestled with finding ways to communicate ideas that might seem foreign to some of the other leaders that you work with in your organization. What approaches have you found that have helped you the most to get others to consider ideas that may seem somewhat foreign to them? Dominique, would you lead us off on that? Sure. So whenever I'm explaining a financial report or a financing opportunity to staff or even our board, for example, I always break it down from the beginning. Here's the context, here's why or how this came up, here's what it means, and here's my recommendation for what to do about it. I never assume that someone in the room is a financial guru, and so I'm careful to always break it down to ensure that everyone gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also allow time for folks to ask questions and to give me their perspective to ensure that we're all going to walk out of the room on the same page. 
You know, I'm fortunate to work with some of the smartest people in Philadelphia, both on our staff and on our board. So some of the questions I receive also affect how I look at things and, and identify solutions. So CFOs cannot work in a vacuum, and we really need to take advantage of the village. Beautiful. Agreed. Eric, your thoughts? Sure. Uh, a few thoughts here. None of them particularly complicated, but I've, I've found them helpful. I uh, always prefer to have those conversations in person. Got to get out of my office, step away from the email, and, and have those conversations face-to-face whenever, whenever possible. I think that really helps. It helps reduce what, what can be an intimidation factor for, for non-finance leaders in, in, in understanding those financial concepts, and I, I think it's, it's much easier to to break that down if we can do it in person and get to know each other. Um, always helps to understand the underlying work, the services being delivered, and be able to, to speak in a language that, that folks on the other side of the table understand. And finally, I've found helpful to, to summarize financial information for various audiences rather than just give them a packet of financial statements and, and, and let them kind of sift their way through it. And then, that's even true at the board of directors level. My experience sure. has been that that members of our board of directors are very diverse in their financial backgrounds and understanding, and some of them can navigate financial statements very well, and, and some can't. And so uh, the more we can simplify the information and, and summarize it for folks, I think that's helpful. Very good. Sarah, your thoughts? I think one of the most effective ways to share new ideas is to share examples. There are not very many truly new ideas, so if I can find other organizations that have tried something that I want to try, then I can share the results that others have had. It doesn't seem as intimidating if someone else has tried it, um, even if they've had some failures, but we can learn some lessons from that. That's still helpful. I'm also big on weighing pros and cons so that if you can get it all out on paper or on the whiteboard and, you, and as a group you face the potential weaknesses of an idea, then it, it seems much more manageable. Beautiful. Very, very good. Next question. How have you managed to get a business perspective woven into the fabric of how your organization develops its plans and makes its decisions? Eric, you first, please. It's very important to me that our finance teams and our program teams do the work together. So each year I've been in this role, we've engaged more and more program leaders in the annual budgeting process. When we respond to state RFPs, we all sit in the same room and do that together. It's not as if we have one group working on the program response and one group developing the budget. We're always, we're always doing that together. More recently, we've embarked on a long-term business planning process for, um, for some of our program leaders and, and made sure to draw a pretty explicit connection in there for folks about how that impacts uh, the annual budgeting process. So I think just being in the same room, doing the work together, um, goes a long way. Very good. Dominique? Yeah, similarly, um, I've asked program staff that I, in a CFO role, be at the planning table and thus be on the front end of new initiatives or program changes. Um, But it's also important to build capacity within the organization so that folks are looking through the fiscal lens in whatever job they hold. So ensuring managers and leaders understand budgets is really important and should not be Mm -hmm. assumed. Um, Also internally, I try to share broadly what's happening regarding agency financials, debt, et cetera, with agency supervisors on a regular basis so that they understand that our work is a quote-unquote business and requires smart business decisions. 
Um, you know, in, in its 39 years, Congresso has evolved into a national thought leader on outcomes measurement. We're a sophisticated agency in a lot of ways. Um, we already approach programmatic decisions with a mind for business in that we do analyze sustainability, feasibility, et cetera. We do try as often as possible to look at the 360 degrees before reaching a solution. And so in my CFO role, I've been part of ensuring that the financial feasibility is part of the conversation from the beginning. Beautiful. Sarah, your thoughts? Um, I'd just offer that we've made some progress um, by educating staff when we're talking about a particular business decision or uh, perspective, educating them on the ways in which good, those good business decisions, uh, even at the program level, can help them serve more people with better quality. So if we can uh, take what we want to do and connect the dots between the business decision and better results for our clients or better results for our staff who serve clients, then it becomes real to them and the business decision is also a mission decision. Excellent. Excellent. What has been your most difficult challenge thus far in your role? Dominique, your thoughts? What's been your most difficult challenge thus far in your role? What has been my most difficult challenge? I would say um, I think, you know, assuming the role, when taking on the role and um, inheriting, you know, systems and procedures and past transactions that I had not led and trying to get a grasp on all that, particularly with um, uh, an entity that's um, multiple entities in it. And I would say, you know, trying to stay ahead of that and continue to be proactive versus reactive when something comes up or someone's asking for something at the last minute. So it's really the learning curve, I would say, um, and, and particularly around some the way that financing works. I had started out more as an accountant, um, but I think not being afraid to ask questions and building strong relationships with, you know, my banker and with our debt partners, our lenders, has been really key in me getting, you know, on-the-job experience. Outstanding. Sarah, what's been your most difficult challenge thus far in your role? I think probably early on, one of my most difficult challenges was, unlike Eric and Dominique, I I did not have any um, affinity for social work or social services. So coming in from the for-profit world and other industries, I had a learning curve in the areas of the culture and personality of, uh, of our nonprofit organization uh, and learning to work within a different, a little bit different environment was a little bit of a learning curve for me. Excellent. And Eric, your thoughts? Oh, I think it's probably just the opposite of, of Sarah's. You know, I, I talked earlier about how my background in programs and services has certain benefits to it. On, on the other side of that, though, I, I don't have the depth of finance and accounting training and education that some of my peers do. So sometimes I, uh, I've had to work harder, I think, to understand the, the X's and O's and the debits and credits. Excellent. Another great segment. We have to take another break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard. Our special guests today are Dominic Bernardo, CFO at Congresso, Eric Giovanni, CBO at Cornerstones of Care, and Sarah Proctor, CFO at ACH Child and Family Services. This is the segment where Andre leads the discussion on specific leadership topics. Andre, what leadership questions do you have for our guests today? Great. Thanks, Tom. So far, pretty good stuff here. I'm really uh, amazed and impressed, obviously, with our group of uh, finance professionals with us this afternoon. So let me start out by um, asking a question around, uh, I guess, uh, sustainability in terms of our sector, in terms of the nonprofit human serving sector, uh, in terms of thinking about long-term, you know, how we continue to become innovative and creative with trying to figure out how to survive, particularly in the face of restricted uh, funding from government uh, uh, entities and other barriers that might be coming across our way. Um, I'd be interested in hearing from you in terms of some of the things, creative things you might be doing uh, within your own organization. I know Sarah Proctor, uh, we've got the Wedding Chapel piece that's really helped um, to um, um, fray some of uh, the expense and cost and really uh, develop and build the sustainability of the organization. But I'd love to hear... Uh, maybe some ideas of what you might be doing in your own 
backyard or uh, other uh, ventures that you think um, uh, we may need to look at as a sector in terms of long-term sustainability. So, Sarah, let me just pick on you first. I mean, you know, you've got a great um, social enterprise uh, unit there. Uh, you want to talk a little bit more about the, the chapel and uh, other sure. things you might be doing? Sure. Our, our Bell Tower Chapel and Garden was a, an existing building on our uh, new campus, and we didn't have another purpose for it, so we opened a wedding venue, and it, it uh, supports our organization in several ways. It does usually return a small net profit back to be used in our programs. It supports that way, but it also covers the cost of the building. But even more importantly than that, it brings eighteen to 20,000 people in contact with our agency by just being a visitor on our campus when they come to an event that um, gives them some exposure to what we do that may help them because they may need family counseling or they may want to become a foster parent or maybe they become a donor or a volunteer or maybe they can help in our advocacy program. And that's that's a very easy way to um, have returns of several different kinds through the activities of the chapel, and um, it's and it's a lot of fun too. It's just something so different from the other things that we do. Absolutely, sounds very exciting as well. Um, Eric, how about in your camp? Anything exciting in terms of social enterprise pieces or other uh, cross sector work that really develops sustainability long term? Sure. You know, we did some strategic planning a couple of years ago. The our, the conclusion uh, for us of which was. We saw really a, an opportunity to align in two non-traditional areas for us. One was uh, healthcare, and the other technology. So we went out and formed affiliations uh, in both of those in both of those areas. So we have a, a new affiliation about 15 months old with a, a major university hospital system in our area t- here. So increasingly, the work we do is being seen through a healthcare lens rather than a traditional social service lens. And so uh, we thought we would be best positioned to be working hand-in-hand with a, with, with a major healthcare system. So we formed that affiliation and now are aligned with them in, in various initiatives and ways in which our, our work overlaps. And then also, we looked around and saw that we are increasingly reliant on technology to do the work we do day-to-day. And also, the consumers of our care are increasingly demanding to interact with us through technology. And so we thought we would be best positioned if we formed a a partnership with a technology company. So we did that. They're now our our electronic health record provider and our um, provider of our information technology infrastructure, but we also do a lot of uh, strategic thinking with them about what technology needs to look like in the future for organizations like ours. Wow. Powerful stuff. Excellent. Thanks. Dominique, how about you? Um, I guess talking more broadly, I would say that, um, you know, we're beginning a deep dive into, um, you know, an analysis of what our portfolio of programs look like. And really, you know, the the board, our board posed the question is, where are the, you know, revenue generating opportunities? Not that we're a for-profit business, not that we're looking to make a profit, but the reality is, is, you know, you have to have some of those more margin-focused programs to be able to sustain the ones that are more mission-focused. And so we think those areas you know, our education and health services. And so we are, um, you know, exploring what that means for the future. And I think 
more importantly, just really being intentional about what we take on and what we continue. Um, because I think that oftentimes, you know, sometimes the, the, the bleeding heart philosophy or the savior philosophy, like we need to do this because somebody has to right, do this right. and there's a need, you know, right. overtakes the business sense across the board in nonprofits. And it's, we can't survive. Nonprofits will not survive if we continue to take on everybody that walks through the door. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is, you know, we at Congresso have been outcomes focused and have really worked to build that culture over the past decade. And I think that proving with data what nonprofits are doing is becoming increasingly um, critical to get future funding. And so, you know, like social impact bonds, I think, are an extreme version of that. But I think nonprofits need to be getting on that bus and figuring out how to demonstrate what they're doing, It, you know, quantifying what they're doing and not just telling the stories, although the stories are super important as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Intentionality and data are keys to, to sustainability for sure. So, great, thanks. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dominique. Let's talk a little bit about your own leadership development. I mean, you guys are finance professionals, chief business officer and finance officers here. Uh, in terms of investment in your own selves, I mean, you know, I think it'd be interesting for the audience to hear uh, what kinds of uh, leadership development that you uh, you look for that you invest within yourself as you continue to grow in your role. I also be interested in hearing um, uh, career paths and career tracks. It's always interesting to hear where CFOs go within the nonprofit human service sector. Is it is it the CEO uh, role? Uh, is there another role? Do they go out to another sector? So, any insight you might share around your own leadership development, uh, as well as kind of career, uh, as well as career tracks and. Uh, uh, next steps for you in your own um, journey of leadership as well. So, Eric, let me start off with you with that that question. Well, in terms of my own professional development, um, when I was doing that program and service work earlier in my career, I I had started to uh, get involved in some administrative functions and um, looked around the organization and saw that um, largely we had folks like myself, social workers who had grown up into uh, leadership roles within the organization and thought, you know, there's this whole body of knowledge out there about uh, business management and it'd be great to to learn some of that and bring that into the organization. So uh, at that point, I I went back to school and got an MBA, not really anticipating a a job change at the time, just, just wanting to do the job I was doing then better. That ended up serving me well as I, as I moved into my new role, and I'm certainly uh, grateful that, that I did that. Um, in terms of future development, I haven't entirely given up on my dream to be a professional baseball player, but uh, <laughs> um, that, that seeming unlikely at this point, I... Um, I um, I think that you know there's some interest in moving into a a chief executive type role. Um, um, I know from working closely with um, with my boss Denise Cross here at Cornerstones that that has um, a unique set of challenges that even even as closely as I work with Denise today, I, I don't experience myself. There are, there's, there's something to be said for being in the last chair, so to speak, that creates a different experience. And, and so that would certainly have some, some it would take some development for me, but would pre- present some interesting, uh, interesting opportunities as well. Absolutely. Great. Sarah, how about you, from your perspective, career track, 
tracks and, and leadership development? What's your perspective on all that? Well, I um, I've had experience in a number of different industries in the for-profit world before I came to ACH, and um, I've I've been here ten years, and it seems like I've had a lot of just development through on-the-job training in those ten years. So I I feel like um, I've I've had one one place in the organization, but the demands of that job or the challenges have changed so much. We've probably we're probably four times the size we were when I started and the opportunity to learn about things like new market tax credits and social business ventures and performance based contracting and and to participate in our our latest big initiative to help re- redesign the foster care system in Texas those things have been provided so much challenge that I feel like I've been going to school almost every day that I come to work I think, and I don't think that's going to end anytime soon, and I'm glad for that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, excellent. Very good, very good. Dominique, any perspective on that as well? Yeah, there's, I guess there's two thoughts. One regarding career tracks. You know, somebody via email today just referenced for me this Emerging Leaders Playbook. I think it's from Packard.org, um, but it talks about how young leaders are exploring not a career ladder, but a career lattice. L-A-T-T-I-C-E. And I think that that's really what my track has been, right, in that I've, I've been in pretty much every leadership role in the organization. Um, and granted, having the accounting background, I think, is, is important for the CFO role or a finance background. But, um, but I think that um, finding opportunities for emerging you know, leaders in nonprofits to um, stretch themselves, to have stretch projects, as well as try out different skill sets or experience things is really the way to get passionate, loyal people involved. And, and you know, clearly that's why I've stuck around for 15 years because I've run programs, done development, done marketing, done um, HR, you know, CFO role, and even now in the interim CEO role as search is going on, it's, it's really been a lattice for me. And I do think that that's the way to, to latch on to people. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about with the question was that for leadership development, um, you know, I'm currently right now doing um, one-on-one coaching, which is really wonderful. And, you know, I, I, I bet Sarah and Eric would agree that, you know, it's hard enough to take time for lunch, let alone to take time for yourself for, for career professional development. But I found that to be really good, you know, to be self-reflective and, and think about, how it's going now as well as my future. Um, I also take advantage of webinars on topics that are, you know, fiscal related, but sometimes not because they're easy. You don't have to leave the office. And then, um, and then lastly, you know, sometimes, you know, seeking opportunities in discussion with, um, you know, my CEO, you know, um, around, well, you know, what is out there? Like, can I get, you know, there was, you know, a one day Harvard business course, you know, in Philly where we're going to talk about, outcomes measurement or social impact bonds or something interesting and really getting outside, you know, even taking an afternoon to talk, to hear about something that relates to the job, but also gets you out there networking. So I can't emphasize enough that it's really important to do that. And I would say do as I say and not as I do, because I haven't taken enough time historically to do that. But I think it's really important to, you know, to not get burnt out and to stay fresh and to network. Excellent. Excellent. We have to take our last break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall. With me is Andre Howard and our special guests, Dominique Bernardo, Eric Giovanni, and Sarah Proctor. In the last segment, Andre was discussing leadership and the CFO and CBO's strategic roles in their organization. In this segment, we usually like to ask our special guests to offer some advice to others in the field. What lessons have you learned in developing your roles as CFO and CBO that you'd like to share with others who share those same roles with you right now? Eric, would you offer your ideas first? Sure. Uh, simple advice, but the advice I, get, uh, I would give is spend the time to get to know people, uh, spend the time to understand the work they do. It um, used to be the practice of the, of the CFO function in our organization to, to come to meetings, whether those were executive team meetings or board meetings, just to give the financial report and then leave. And uh, we don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm there for the entire board meeting, for the entire right. staff meeting, so that, so that I can learn all of what's going on in the organization and really get to know uh, other folks across the enterprise. And I think that's really helped um, integrate it really helped to integrate all of what we do. Beautiful. 
Excellent. Sarah, your thoughts? Uh, I see my role as CFO as, as way much more than an accountant. I have to be a manager, a problem solver, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, a facilitator. So in order to do that, it, I have to make it my business to learn as much as I can, uh, kind of along the lines Eric mentioned, from others about areas outside my expertise. And I have to, that means asking a lot of questions all the time, far more asking questions than issuing directives or sharing information. And I have to be able to embrace change. That's that's a given in all of our roles and across the organization that it, you just can't make it if you're not willing to deal with change. There's just no such thing as business as usual. Very good. Dominique, your thoughts? I would say, um, first, always take into account the perspective of the direct service staff, um, the program staff, in rolling out, talking from a CFO perspective, in rolling out a new procedure or making a change in the way things are done or even saying no to an opportunity or a request. Um, even if even if the decision is still no or the procedure still needs to happen, giving voice to non-financial staff is really important and can even result in a better product or a procedure, and I've witnessed that firsthand. And then I would also say, you know, another lesson is how valuable it is to find a peer group with whom you can bounce off ideas. I was really lonely my first year as a CFO. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was happy to get connected in, in that second year to the CFO uh, affinity group through the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities. And now I have this national network of CFOs to whom I can reach out and ask questions. How are you doing this? How are you implementing this policy? And the, the group has been um, responsive and helpful, and it's been really great to be able to get some outside um, perspective. So those are two, two lessons I would share. Fantastic. Fantastic. And could each of you please share one mistake that you made at some point in your career that you believe ultimately helped to make you a better leader, and could you share what you feel you learned from that mistake that you made? Sarah, could you speak to that first? You want me to narrow it down to just one, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. If if you've got more than one, we'd be honored to hear them. Well, I I actually have one that I must still be learning the lesson because I've made it more than once, but my default mode of operation is problem solving, and it, it... really makes my day to help find a solution, but uh, I find on occasion when I'm trying to help, I've made things more complicated instead of less. Uh, Recently, I was trying to help two groups get on the same page with a project and acting as a go-between communicator between the groups, and we weren't making very much progress until I finally set up a face-to-face meeting with both parties and they were able to communicate directly face-to-face, and I sat back and stayed out of the way. So the lesson that I learned that I'm still learning is that sometimes the best way I can facilitate a solution is by getting out of the way. Very good. Very good insight. Dominique? I would say one mistake that you know I have made or continue to make to a recurring thing is getting so absorbed in the administrative role that I could could and have spent entire days in my office interacting with just my fiscal team. And I think, you know, it's really important, what is that concept, um, management by walking around? Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly checking myself on this, like to force myself, get up, go out, walk the floors, um, get to, you know, get to check on people, how they're doing, and build connections with everyone who's breathing life into the mission of the organization. 
um, it's a lot easier to put your head down, do your task, and go home. But in this role, which is a leadership role, it's it's equally important to be to be one of the leadership faces of the agency. Excellent, excellent, Eric. Your thoughts. I still vividly remember the the first board meeting I went to. I was I was asked to go to speak to a specific issue that the organization was was facing at the time, and and I did that. I articulated uh, our position, and the group assembled was was fine with that. Um, but then I kept talking, and then it, it, at the end of the meeting, I remember the then CEO coming up to me and saying, "I'm going to give you a piece of advice, Eric." If you have the conversation where the conversation needs to be, stop talking. And that has stuck with me ever since, and, and I still learn from that experience. <laughs> That's very good. Last question for everyone. What do you most want to learn to do that you haven't yet learned how to do or haven't yet mastered? Eric, why don't you go first on that one? Sure. Um, as I as I look around at how my how I spend my my days, um, I realize I spend too much time internally focused, uh, too much time within the walls of our organization, and and really look forward to learning more about um, the legislative processes, policy making at the federal, state, local level, state budgeting practices, uh, all of those up, upstream processes that end up affecting um, the work we do for children and families and in the communities in which we do that work. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to, to invest more time and in, in, in learning some of those processes. Excellent. Dominique? So I definitely want to learn to play the guitar and paddleboard, but <laughs> in my CFO role, I would say that there, um, there's some more complex things that I would like to learn. So a couple examples is learning more about social impact bonds to see if it's a fit one day for our organization. I'd like to gain a deeper expertise around financing. Um, I'd also learn how to like like to learn how to give legs to income generating business lines that are within our mission. Um, and, and I'll say, you know, not one day is ever the same in this job, and that's a good thing. So I'm sure that that list I just shared will continue to evolve and grow and change even tomorrow. Excellent. And Sarah, your thoughts. Well, my my thing that I have not yet mastered would have to be networking. I, I'm not sure it'll ever be my favorite thing to do, but mm-hmm. I know it's necessary and it's important, and I'm I'm working on it. I think I'm getting better, but I know I still have a long way to go. Excellent. Well, this has been a very, very engaging show. Sadly, that's all we have time for today. Our thanks to Andre Howard and to our special guests, Dominique Bernardo, Sarah Proctor, and Eric Giovanni. Please join us again next time for another edition of Leadership Matters. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 